Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everybody and welcome to another episode of if you don't like that today i'm going to talk about sports and travel and flying but first i want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by new works plumbing of sacramento locally owned for over 20 years new works has a fix for you for your plumbing needs and repairs just go to newworksplumbing.com n-e-w wrxplumbing.com. And remember, if you happen to have an emergency in the middle of the night, no problem. New Works will be there with their 24-7 service. That's newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Hey, before I start today's show, I want to give a sincere thank you to all of you who continue to support this platform uh, and on YouTube. It's been amazing how many people that we get watching the Kings halftime show, the post-game shows. The other night, after the win against Minnesota, I had well over 10,000 people on the various platforms. So I just want to thank you, and uh, it's only going to continue to grow and get better. Could not do it without you. So I, def- I definitely wanted to put that out there before we start today's show. So, you know, I do a show every day on Listen App. And if you have not yet checked it out, it's easy to download. And I do it Monday through Friday, generally at 4 o'clock Pacific. And uh, Waggis is uh, an individual that uh, calls quite frequently. And he's a big supporter and watches a lot of my programs and listens to my podcast. And he's made some uh, suggestions in the past. And I think, like me, uh, he has a passion for traveling. And when I was a kid growing up on Long Island in Syosset, New York, uh, I wanted to be a pilot, and that was something that at a very young age kind of just kind of was a passion of mine. Uh, I used to live 30 miles from JFK Airport, and the planes that would come in for landing would fly literally right over my neighborhood, and we would be out playing ball, football, uh, whatever, uh, either on the front yard or on the street. And I would always look up into the sky because uh, TWA, uh, Pan Am, at that time they were flying 747s, and it was low enough that you could tell that it was Pan Am or that it was TWA, you know, whatever the other airlines that were coming in, particularly uh, airlines that, you know, flew internationally, they would come right over my house. And it was always the uh, afternoon where the flights from Europe would come in from. And I used to just sit out there 
and play sports. Or if we weren't playing, I'd still just be out in my front lawn hanging out watching the planes come over. And they were at different altitudes. Sometimes they'd be very low, uh, but, you know, they were staggered. But I used to really enjoy that. And I used to sit there and, and wonder where the planes were coming from. You know, if it was Swiss Air, I knew it was coming from Switzerland. But if it was Pan Am or TWA, well, I didn't know that, you know, the planes were coming from a specific origin. I, I had no idea. I wouldn't know. But, you know, if it was a, a airline like Swiss Air, I would know exactly where the plane was coming from. And I used to uh, visualize taking off from Kennedy Airport and flying to Los Angeles. Like, I always used to dream about how great it would be to take off from JFK from the Atlantic Ocean and land right at the start of the Pacific Ocean. And I used to think about that all the time. As a matter of fact, my aunt, who uh, worked for Newsweek magazine in Tokyo for about uh, 15 years, uh, you know, she used to obviously come back and forth. And I remember one time we took her to Kennedy Airport and the first leg of her trip was from JFK to LAX. And back then you could just walk right up to the gate even if you weren't flying. And I remember going to the airport as a young boy and watching her get on that flight from JFK to Los Angeles. And I still remember the flight number, if you can believe that. It was flight number five, nonstop, JFK to LAX. And I sat there and I said, that's going to be me someday. All right? That's going to be me someday. And then when I was in junior high school, one of my best friend's father was a pilot for Eastern Airlines. And every day I would go, is your dad flying today? Some days he would go, yep. I go, where's your dad flying to today? Oh, he's flying to Miami today. And I used to just visualize, wow, how great would it be to go to the airport and get on a flight and go to Miami? So I was always asking him questions. And then obviously I told you about my love for sports, was always playing sports and watching sports. And when I heard Marv Albert do the Knicks and the Rangers as a kid, I said, that's what I want to do. And so Waggus called the show on Listen App, and he asked me, you know, do I regret not being a pilot as opposed to a sportscaster? And the answer to that is no, because I've been able to do both things as a sportscaster. And I used to love sitting in the cockpit when we finally got our own airplane, the Bach 111, and then Greg Lukenbill with the 737. And very often I used to go to the cockpit and sit in the jump seat. And I loved that. That was such a thrill for me. Like, that was awesome. Just, I did it as often as I could. There were other people that wanted to go up there as well, so I couldn't go up there on every flight. But whenever there was an empty, in other words, whenever that jump seat was available, uh, I would go up there. And I remember one time flying from Denver to LAX. We were leaving Denver at one in the afternoon. And that's a two-hour flight. And I remember it was a beautiful day when we took off from Denver. And it was just beautiful the whole way. But I remember when we got over Las Vegas, you could start seeing the haze, the air pollution in Southern California on the horizon. And again, the air quality went from so well, I mean, just clear, clear, clear. And then the visibility got less and less and less. And I remember flying over Palm Springs and I remember descending into the uh, L.A. basin and you really couldn't even see the runway at LAX until you were a few miles out because of the air pollution. And I remember landing at LAX and what a thrill that was for me to be sitting in the cockpit and seeing all of the other planes at their gates and, you know, going all over the world. Uh, like, I, I love that stuff. You know, that really, 
gravitate. That, that just kind of grabbed my body. I really don't know how else to say it. So when Waggers called my show, I was thinking, you know, people love to hear my stories. Uh, I've flown millions of miles throughout my life, and I could fly every week. Uh, I used to say I could fly every day. I don't know if I could fly every day now, but I could fly every week easily. I love going to the airport. I love going on planes. You know, I shared the story on Listen App that my dream after I did the New York to LAX, which obviously I've done, gosh, I don't know, 100 times, but I had on my bucket list, I wanted to fly around the world in business class, but I couldn't afford it. I mean, it was just really expensive. And so I started following the points guy and you can follow the points guy on Twitter or the points And they are incredible at teaching you how to fly for little or no money. And so I followed his system for a couple of years and finally was able to uh, get the miles that I needed for my wife and I to fly around the world on both Emirates and Singapore Airlines. And those are regarded as the top two airlines in the world year in, year out. They win the awards almost every year. They're phenomenal uh, in, in every aspect from customer service to comfort on the airplane to amenities. I mean, it's a great way to fly if you can do it. I mean, the difference between flying on like Singapore Airlines and any of the U.S. airlines is the difference between night and day. I mean, there's absolutely no comparison and none at all. All right. And so we, uh, well, not we, I booked a trip uh, to fly around the world. And I remember we flew from Singapore, LA to Tokyo and Tokyo to Singapore. That was the first leg of our trip on Singapore Airlines business class. And again, I used all the miles. And so, you know, didn't cost anything. And a couple nights before we were leaving, I said to my wife, I go, hey, do you mind if I switch some of the itinerary? And she goes, no, where do you want to go? And I said, you know what, why don't we go to Hong Kong? for a couple days. And she goes, okay. And the main reason for me wanting to do that was Singapore had just come out with their new Airbus A350. And I wanted to go from Singapore to Hong Kong in the A350. And to show you how crazy I am, when we checked in at LAX for the flight from LA to Japan and then Japan to Singapore, it was the Airbus 380. And we had a two-hour layover, same plane, but we had a two-hour layover in Tokyo and then the Singapore that flight landed at Singapore at 3.30 in the morning, and then the flight to Hong Kong uh, would go at 7.30 in the morning. And I remember checking in, and the gate agent said, you're going to Hong Kong, yes? That's your final destination? As we checked our bags, and I said, yes. And she said, you know we fly nonstop to Hong Kong. I go, oh, yeah, I know. She goes, because we've got a flight leaving at the same time nonstop to Hong Kong, and business class is available. You want me to just put you on that? I go, no, no, no. Just keep our, our itinerary the way it is. And she goes, Okay. And so we flew to Tokyo, business class, Singapore Airlines, A380, then eight hours from Tokyo to Singapore, got into Singapore at 3.30 in the morning. Changi Airport is regarded as the best airport in the world. And my wife and I were just so excited to be at that airport and experience everything that airport has to offer. The Singapore business class lounge was amazing. We took a shower. We had unlimited food. We hung out. We just had a great time until our flight left at 730. And I'll never forget walking on to that business class on a brand new, brand new plane. It was two months in service. And I remember my wife and I were like, wow, this is so freaking nice. And we got on that plane, flew to Hong Kong, stayed there two nights, and then flew back to Singapore. And then 
after spending, I think, one night, maybe two nights in Singapore. Uh, we flew Singapore Airlines business class to the Maldives, spent five nights in the Maldives, then flew from the Maldives, Mali, to Dubai on Emirates, spent 24 hours in Dubai, then went back to the airport and flew from Dubai to LAX 16 hours on Emirates uh, Airbus 380. And that was spectacular. That was absolutely a spectacular experience. And we did all of that around the world for about $1,000. You have to pay some taxes. And some of these airlines have slight fuel uh, surcharges, or at least they did back then. And so we did that for under $1,000. So that was probably, I don't know, a total of $50,000 of airfare using points and doing that for 1000 bucks. So, you know, I crossed that one off my bucket list. Uh, I have at times gotten on an airplane when I've had to make a mile mileage run or I've had expiring miles. Uh, there was one time, you know, I flew uh, all the way to Asia. I think it was Japan and didn't even go out of the airport and then flew right back. Um, I've done that before. Uh, last year on the holidays, I did the same thing to Singapore. I changed my itinerary so that on the way back, the night before, I changed my itinerary because I always wanted to go on the longest flight in the world, which is Singapore to JFK. It's over 10,000 miles. Uh, I tracked it on the computer that was on the screen. It was actually like, uh, uh, ended up going 10,358 miles. And uh, the flight was over 18 hours from Singapore to uh, JFK. And that, that's an incredible experience. As a matter of fact, that airplane on Singapore, because of the fuel consumption, they don't even have economy seats. You only have business class or you have premium economy because the weight of the aircraft determines how far it can fly. So there's only like 160 seats on that plane, which is not a lot for a wide body aircraft. But because of weight, they can't have that many seats on a plane like that, all right, it's going over 18 hours, it's going over 10,000 miles, you can't do it. So it's unbelievably comfortable. It was a great flight. It was such a great flight that when I landed in New York, I was hoping that I could get right back on the plane and fly to Singapore. That's how much I really enjoyed that. So I've always enjoyed flying. You know, I've had a great experience of uh, traveling with the Kings internationally. You know, in the early 2000s, we flew to Japan. Uh, We opened up the season against the Minnesota Timberwolves and that was a spectacular experience. We had two games over there against Minnesota. And the other thing I remember is the announcer for the Houston Rockets was telling me uh, how much that trip would kill you. Like, oh, gee, we went to Tokyo last year. You're going to hate that. Oh, it took, took us a month to, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was talking to Gene, and Gene was the, the voice of the Houston Rockets back then. And I'll never forget this. The Kings split the two games with Minnesota, and then the Kings won nine straight to start the season at 10-1. and one. When I saw Gene the next time, I said, hey, Gene, that trip to Tokyo really killed us. We only won nine in a row after that. So, you know, it's all to me. It's in your head. But I remember flying. We flew commercial on American Airlines from San Jose to Tokyo. Jay Will was on the Kings then, and Vladi and Peja and Chris and all those guys. And Jay Will was like big time over in Japan. And I remember getting off the flight and walking off the jetway and heading towards immigration. 
and there was obviously a glass divider because you're separated from the terminal when you come in internationally, for those of you that have traveled before. And the Japanese paparazzi were all on the other side of the glass taking pictures of the Kings getting off the airplane. Like, it was a big, big deal. We played in the Tokyo Dome, and that was a phenomenal experience. That was the first international trip that I had been on with the Kings, and that was outstanding. And then in uh, 2014... We went to Shanghai and Beijing, and that was an incredible experience. I always share the story. We were playing the Houston Rockets over there, and Yao, who's from Shanghai, was on the Rockets, and it was like traveling around with the Rolling Stones. As a matter of fact, I've shared the story before. Jeff Van Gundy tells this story. We landed in Shanghai on our uh, Northwest charter. We flew from Sacramento to Anchorage to refuel and Anchorage to Shanghai, and our charter landed an hour all right before the rockets charter and when the rockets charter landed they had a huge press conference all set up for yao uh, at the hotel all right because again you got to remember yao is a godlike figure over in china and he's from shanghai and jeff van gundy shares the story that they got into a van he got in a van because he had he was part of the press conference as well along with the media relations director yao and the driver of the van. And Yao's talking to the driver in his native tongue. And all of a sudden, the van pulls up in front of this building. And Jeff's like, man, what's going on here? But he's just observed. And Yao gets out of the van and walks into this building. And where it was, it was his grade school that he went to as a little boy in Shanghai. Walked into this school unannounced. And can you just imagine what that would have been like? Think about that for a minute. That would be like Michael Jordan in his heyday walking into your grade school. That's what that would be like. And so when we were going to the game, we played one game in Shanghai and one game in Beijing. But the game in Shanghai, I'll never forget this. We're on the team bus, and there were fans lining the streets for probably two miles with their cameras out. And when we pulled up to the arena in Shanghai, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And they were all there to watch the players get off the bus and take pictures. Obviously, they knew a lot about the Kings then because the Kings were, you know, a, one of the more popular teams. I said 2014. I meant 2004. I beg your pardon. And then we went back in 2014. The first time was 2004. I misspoke. But I'll never forget then when the Rockets bus pulled up and when Yao got off the bus. I mean, it's really hard to uh, put in the words, but that was in 2004. And then 2014, we went back on that same trip, uh, the China Games, and we played the uh, Brooklyn Nets in Shanghai and Beijing. And if you've never had the uh, opportunity, uh, and I don't know if I would recommend going over there now, but when things get better in terms of COVID and everything else, I highly recommend going to those two cities. Shanghai is a spectacular, phenomenal city. Uh, a lot of people... Matter of fact, the first time we were there in 2004, I believe that the city's population was 14 million. And 10 years later, it was 24 million. And there were still cranes everywhere and there was construction going on everywhere. But it is a spectacular city. The Bund is incredible. Uh, Pudong, where we stayed, is incredible. I mean, it's spectacular. And then going to Beijing and going to the Great Wall, there's really not anything quite like walking on the Great Wall. I mean, it's a, it's a phenomenal experience. I highly recommend it. I mean, the wall goes on forever, and it's just incredible. And there are some areas that are extremely steep, 
and you have to hold on to a railing. It's a, it's a fascinating experience over there in Beijing. You also have the Forbidden City. That's amazing. I mean, you have uh, just all kinds of things. I mean, it, it, Beijing is an incredible city. I've, I love China. So we did that in 2004 and again in 2014. But again, back to, you know, the phone call that Waggus had. No, I don't regret not being a pilot. I, I kind of regret that I never got my pilot's license because I've been in a lot of small aircraft where people have invited me uh, to go up and fly with them. And I don't know why I never did. I, I, I To this day, at 63, I don't know why I never got my pilot's license. I thought about it. Uh, many, many times, but I, I, I never did. So I've always loved traveling. Uh, to this day, I love traveling, although uh, I have not traveled nearly as much uh, as I used to for economic reasons, and that's fine. You know, I've been all over the world. Uh, I have not yet been down under. I do want to go to Australia and New Zealand. Uh, that is on my bucket list, but I would always say this. I love meeting different people. I love seeing how different cultures live, what they eat, and I love seeing their work ethic. You know, the work ethic of so many countries is so different than the work ethic in our country. And I'm generalizing. There are some people in our country that work their asses off and work two and three jobs to support their family. I'm generalizing. But there's a lot of complaining that goes on in America. You know, when you go to a lot of countries that are not nearly as uh, rich and as vibrant as America, and I'm talking about all things that we take for granted, Okay, I'm talking about how we live, how you take showers, how you go to the bathroom. I mean, I'm talking about all things. I'm talking about vacuum cleaners. I'm talking about washers and dryers. Like I'm always fascinated when I go to Thailand and you see these beautiful condominium buildings and you see clothes on all of the balconies because most people in Thailand don't have dryers. They only have washing machines and they wash their clothes and then they have to hang dry them and they put them on their balcony or on their porch or whatever. I mean, there are certain things that you just don't understand until you travel. And I, I love meeting people. I love walking into a restaurant or a bar or uh, wherever. And I love to just start talking to an individual if they speak English. And it's something else I've always tried to do when I travel abroad. I always try to learn a couple of basic phrases in their native language, because I think it shows a sign of respect. So I think when you go to Japan, you need to learn how to say hello and thank you. Just a little basic. Same thing when you go to Europe, wherever you're at, whether it's Germany or Spain or France, whatever. You know, I, I've been to Thailand several times and I've learned, you know, how to say hello and thank you and you're welcome. And I've learned how to count because it really helps to get around. Uh, if you get into a taxi and the driver doesn't speak English, you can tell them where you're going with the street number if you know how to speak in that language. Now, I know there's Google Translate and I get all of that, but it's, it's, it's respect. I've always, I, I had this situation recently in Miami. I had a place uh, where I live on the island in Miami and I used to like going to get a burger at this place and I stopped going uh, because the, the chef who basically ran the place didn't speak any English at all and he always used to get my order wrong and I mean, no English, and I used to sit there, and, I, and after a while, I got frustrated. I said, you know what? If you're going to live in America, learn how to say thank you, all right? Learn how to say you're welcome, and learn just, if you're going to work in a food joint, and you're going to make fast food, just learn how to say a couple of basic phrases of what you're selling. And so I stopped going there, because I was tired of getting my order wrong. And the guy was very nice, 
But, uh, you know, it, it comes down to respect and it comes down to basics. So I, that's the other aspect about traveling. I will always tell you, just just take a half hour or an hour and go to YouTube or whatever and just learn some basic phrases. Hello, how are you? Thank you. You're welcome. You know, even that means a lot to a person in the country that you're visiting. But I've, I've always loved to fly. Uh, my bucket list is still to fly on Emirates First Class. I have not done that. That is my bucket list. I would love to get on a flight from either L.A. or San Francisco, fly 15 to 16 hours to Dubai, have a long layover in the first-class lounge in Dubai, which I hear is spectacular, and by the videos, it looks amazing. Spend uh, 8 to 10 hours there, and then make a connection on their 777 first-class, which has the newest first-class product that would knock anyone's socks off. So that's my bucket list item. Don't know if I'll get there, but hey, you got to have goals in life, right? But I've always left to fly, and if you like flying, um, I understand why. But I also have a lot of friends that hate to fly. Jerry Reynolds hates to fly. There are a lot of people I know that don't like flying. I love flying. I love going to airports. I love seeing different cities. I love seeing different countries. And, you know, like if I were to win the lottery today, I'm sorry, you probably wouldn't hear me on the podcast anymore. And you probably wouldn't be able to hear me on Listen App. You probably wouldn't be able to hear me on YouTube and watch because you know what? I'd be traveling the globe. And I would book all the airlines that I've always wanted to fly and I'd probably do a recommendation on that. So maybe you would see me on YouTube, but it would be a different platform. It would be Grant Napier's review of Qatar or Etihad or Singapore or Japan Airlines or whatever the case may be. That would make me happy. That would make me happy. But right now, I got to tell you, I'm happy doing this and I'm happy for your support. You all are awesome. So thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed this segment. I've got the Crowd Ultra q and I've got my rant coming up, but I did want to, talk about sports and travel based on my conversation that I had 24 hours ago over on Listen App. Crowd Ultra, crowdultra.com, and you will be able to ask me a question and maybe I'll answer it on my next podcast. David wants to know, can you think of a better team with worse luck in sports history than the 49ers this year? In sports history? Man, that's a long time, David. I'm sure you could find some examples. I really do. But yeah, it was pretty bad. There's no doubt about that. No question. Jimmy wants to know, which free agent quarterback do you think we'll get the biggest contract? Well, that's a fabulous question. I would probably say Aaron Rodgers, and he's not a free agent, but um, by free agents, I think Garoppolo's going to get paid very well. I, I do, Jimmy. I think he's going to get a nice deal, but that's an excellent question. Bob wants to know, what's your take on Dennis Schroeder suggesting refs should be fined for their mistakes? Well, how does Dennis know what happens to the refs? How would he know? You know, it's, it seems to me that he's making assumptions there are, there are ramifications for the officials when they make errors, all right? Rich wants to know, does a Burrow hold on to the ball in the pocket too long? Mm, I don't think so. He's had big offensive line problems. I think that's part of the issue. But you got to think, you know, he's just completed, you know, what, his third year, and he's been in one Super Bowl and one AFC championship game. Keith wants to know who wins the Super Bowl. Keith, I'll give you my pick next week, buddy. Joe wants to know, how would you assess the refs in both NFL games this weekend? In one word, Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Tom wants to know, do you think the Rangers will be disciplined for not participating in Pride Night? No, I don't, and nor do I think that they should. And I think that these nights are bad for sports. I think it, uh, I've always said, I hate when you mix politics and social issues with sports. These are the type of issues you get. Just go ask the Philadelphia Flyers. And I would also tell you this. 
and I know this to be a fact. I'm not making an opinion. I know this fact. Owners hate these nights, okay? Because they're doing it to be politically correct. They're not doing it because they want to do it. They're doing it to be politically correct, all right, to keep the order and not be attacked by all the different groups. So they have Pride Night. They have this night. They have that night. Then they have this night. Then it's that night. Then you get another group saying, hey, you had Pride Night. You had this night. You had that night. Where's the night for us? And you can go on and on and on. Now, there is a flip side to that, Tom. They do sell tickets, okay? These events do bring extra people in four games. So teams that don't do very well, they sell more tickets and they fill up some of their vacant seats by these type of nights. But these are the issues you get. These are the issues you get when you mix politics and all the social issues with sports. I don't like it. Alex wants to know, would you rather have Jokic or Embiid on your team? Jokic because he's healthier. Give me either one. But I'll take Nikola Jokic. That's for sure. Greg asked, what's your take on the NFL thinking about banning the type of tackle that injured Tony Pollard? How are you going to ban that, Greg? How are you going to ban that? It's football. Can't ban that. Trevor wants to know, what's your favorite thing to eat? If I could only have one meal, Trevor, okay, it would come down to Alaskan king crab legs or a bone-in ribeye. But if you absolutely told me I had to choose... I'm probably taking the Alaskan King Crab Legs. Were, uh, was I a fan of Bobby Holt? Dave said, yeah, everybody that watched hockey in that era was a fan of Bobby Holt. Um, the Golden Jet was great. I mean, there's, yeah, most people were fans of Bobby Holt uh, in that Blackhawks team. All right, Rob asks, is it more likely Kellen Moore gets hired as a head coach or OC? Well, obviously, it's going to be OC, all right? Uh, Sam wants to know, are you a fan of the NFL having rules analysts during the broadcast? If they're good, yes. Like Mike Pereira, he's great. I like hearing Mike, and he's rarely wrong. Matter of fact, he's right, I think, almost 100% of the time. Pretty amazing. Zach wants to know, have you seen any of the Slap Fight League? I have seen it on TikTok. I don't understand why anyone, Zach, would get involved in that. I don't understand that. I really don't. Morrison wants to know, have you been paying any attention to Paige's son? Yeah, Morrison, I have. I'm very happy for him going to Stanford. Uh, I have been following his career, and I think it's great. And I know Peja and his wife and family are unbelievably proud of their son, as they should be. But uh, he looks big time following his dad's footsteps. Just go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I will answer your question on my next podcast. It's time for Grant. 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 And today's rant is brought to you by Zoom 180. The revolutionary new flashlight is available to you now. Just go to zoom180.com and look at the video, and I think you'll be blown away. It's incredible. There's nothing like it. The Zoom flashlight, this is incredible. The Zoom 180 has five LEDs, and you have to see it to believe it. Just go to zoom180.com. Can we please stop talking about the Houston Texans and racist in the same sentence? They have once again hired another African-American head coach, this time D'Amico Ryans, giving him a six-year deal. I'm so tired of, you know, a black coach gets fired and it was a racist decision. That's what we hear all the time with the Houston Texans. But what do they do? They go out and hire another black coach, this time D'Amico Ryans, and give him a six-year contract. That's right, a six-year deal. Now, you remember, Bill O'Brien was fired when he started the 2020 season at 0-4, right? Then they hired 
a new general manager in 2021, and you know the rest. All right, Lovey Smith was just fired. Now they hire D'Amico Ryans, and this guy did a phenomenal job with the 49ers defensive unit this past season. Now they're going to need some more talent for Ryans, but they're giving him a lot of confidence with a long-term deal. The Houston Texans, you know, again, I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know much about their owner, but here's what I do know, okay? They keep on promoting and hiring black coaches. Isn't that what we hear being complained about all the time in the NFL? Not enough minority candidates as general managers and as coaches? Well, it seems to me that's not an issue in Houston with the Texans. What do you have to say about that? And that's my rant for today. Hey, join me Wednesday, 3 o'clock. That's right. Jerry Reynolds. And then Ryan and I will be on halftime of the Kings and the Spurs game and the postgame show as well. Make it a great day. Hey, safe flying, everybody. So long. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.